Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Really, God is not interesting in being the chairman of your board of directors. And you got four other people on the board of directors, family members, you yourself, a friend. You're all around that table and God's the boss at the front table. That's not the statement I'm making. What should the board of directors look like? There should be how many people in the room? You got it. And who is that? Is God. Mankind is so self-centered. They want to make everything about them, even when it's clearly not about them. You see this in Adam and Eve's rebellion against God. They found out that they were wrong. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, you'll hear that Christ followers are supposed to be following Jesus' example. You'll be reminded about who God is and who you are, or more importantly, who you are not. You'll learn about the benefits of getting off of the throne of your life and letting God take his rightful place. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, No Other Gods. Egypt was filled with sun, moon, water, fertility. They were polytheistic. And so they came from that. They lived there 400 years. They saw these people. It kind of got on them. And so God says, no, no, you can't be like that. But that's not all. Where are they headed? To the land of Canaan. Now, when they get to the land of Canaan, is anybody there? Well, the Canaanites. What were the Canaanites? polytheistic, had all kinds of pagan gods. So where they came from was wrong. Where they're going is wrong. So God says, careful, you're going to have to be different. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? The Sermon on the Mount was about one thing. You, if you're going to follow Christ, are going to live different than the world. You're not better because of you. You're only better because I live in you. But you're going to live different. So God gives this warning. You just came from a place where I wasn't honored. You're going to a place where I'm not honored. You're going to have to be very careful. So he says to this nation, you are to have no gods except for me. In other words, Israel, always remember there's one true living God. Yahweh is my name. Now, as you think about this, Israel was trying to get this in place because God wanted them to understand he was not the main God among many gods. He wasn't the 
Well, they had God in this cascade of gods. He was the only living, real God. He alone was to be worshipped and obeyed. So what does the first commandment say? What kind of words can we put it in? Here's the first. I'm going to give you two or three. So when you leave here, it'll be crystal clear to you. Number one, first commandment. What's it mean? God says you are to worship and obey only me. No one else. No other gods. I'm the only one to be worshipped. I'm the only one to be obeyed. Now, we go, okay, but... What does that look like today? How can we make sure God's the only God? Very, very simple. We had a role model in life. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. That role model was the person of Jesus. Remember, Jesus came to this earth for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons was this. He came to show us what God was like, and he came to show us how to love your God and have no other gods before us. So Jesus is our role model. So we're going to take a little look at how that worked because he was telling the disciples how to do this. And understand in Matthew 4.10, when Jesus was going through this temptation, you remember Satan took him right to the mountain? And Jesus responded to one of the lies of Satan, and he said this in Matthew 14. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus knew what this meant. He understood exactly what this meant. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 22 and find how we can obey this first commandment that comes from God. Because obeying brings blessings to you and to me. Matthew 22, look down to verse 35. Some of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the scribes, were dealing with Jesus as they always did. And notice verse 35. One of them, an expert of law, tested him with this question. Teacher, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Now remember, they put it in 613. You remember? They took the law and made it 613. They had heavy ones and light ones. Man's way of doing things. And they put their righteousness by, make sure you do the heavy ones or whatever. And eventually Jesus said, forget all that stuff. In fact, remember one time he said, unless you exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you'll never even get to the kingdom of God. You can't keep it. They try to tell you they keep it. They don't keep it. So they come to him and say, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Out of those 613, what do you say? He blows it out of the water because he just makes his own. He summarizes the law in the two. You know that. He says this in verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first greatest commandment. So Jesus says, what's the most important? Well, this one. This is the first. Now, does this one match? Thou shalt have no other gods before me? Well, yes, it does perfectly. So Jesus said, the first in the Old Testament is this. This one's first. So he says, all the other commandments are based. Why would I have no other gods before me? Because I love only God. And if I love only God, only the only true living God, 
I won't have to worry about anything because if I do that, it simplifies all the commandments. Now, notice this. This is Jesus' first command, and it was God's first command. And you'll see this truth in a moment. The first command is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, body. Jesus said, no other gods, only me, have to love me. If we don't obey this command, this is the first, the rest of these don't matter. We're not even using these. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I haven't committed adultery. I'm okay, aren't I? No. If we don't do this, you don't even get out of the gate. This is the starting point. Is that clear? In other words, Jesus said, this is the one you have to do. That's why it was called number one. It isn't number seven. It's number one. Are the other nine important? Yes, they are. But they're not number one. There's always a priority. There's always a starting point. So Jesus takes them all, and he says, this is the one you have to start with in your life. In other words, if you don't obey this one, the rest don't matter. Obeying this one gives me the ability to finish obeying the rest of the Ten Commandments. Now, notice in that verse the word love. What did Jesus mean by love? Well, it's an inner commitment expressed by our conduct. In other words, it's bound in a word called a commitment. I'll do this, and I'll show you that I'm doing it. So the first commandment, I want you to write it this way. God is to be my only ruler and guide of everything I think and say and do. So that's not different than we said before. That's just another way to express it. I'm trying to show you how that is. Remember, this guy, Kurt Warner, he said, I'm not going to make the calls in life. Notice this. God is to be my only ruler and guide of everything I think and say I do. That shows that I love God. That shows that I have no other gods. Because the one that's Making the calls in my life is God. It isn't somebody else. It isn't a pagan God. It isn't the situation. It's simply God. God is making the calls. He's my ruler. He's the guide of everything I do. I want to give you two illustrations because I think this is very important. We have elders. And you sit around this table and there's a chairman of the board and you make decisions. Of course, this is kind of a normal way things are doing business. So when we look at God, sometimes we get things mixed up. Really, God is not interesting in being the chairman of your board of directors. And you got four other people on the board of directors, family members, you yourself, a friend. You're all around that table, and God's the boss at the front table. That's not the statement I'm making. What should the board of directors look like? There should be how many people in the room? You got it. And who is that? It's God. He's the board of directors of your corporation. You're a corporation. Do you know? You're the body of Christ. God lives in you. So in the decisions that are made in my life, 
Who sits in the board of directors seat? God. Is there anybody else in the room? Oh, God, I think you need a little help on this one. You ever done that? Come on. Come on. Sure you have. So have I. God, now if you just bless me in this area, I know this will work really good. Doesn't work, does it? Never works. So that's an expression of how this kind of looks. God doesn't want to be one of many board members. He wants to be the only board member. Now, there's another illustration I think that's very important. Bill Bright came up with this many years ago, and it has great truth. God says, I'm to love him with all my heart. My heart really doesn't mean just my heart. It means my entire being, everything I am. And it really equals this throne in my life. In other words, in this throne in my life, this chair, only one person can be in control of that in my heart. It's either going to be me on the throne or God. Now, if I make all the calls, and we'll just take that from there and put it here. So we'll put it practically. So I'm to love God with all my heart, which means every part of me. So here I am. Now, let me ask you, if this is the throne of my life, if this is where all the calls are made in my life, and I'm in this chair, is there a problem? See, if I make the calls about what I say, what I do, where I go, who I marry, how I spend my money. If I make the calls, if I'm on the throne, this doesn't work. Who has become God? Tell me. Who's the board of directors? Me. Now, some of us would like to think this. Pastor Mike, I'm only here. God's really here. No, the place for me is here. Do you get it? It's not like... Move over just a little bit more, God. Thank you very much. That's called syncretism. We're buddies. Well, you are a friend of God, but he's your God. He's the boss. He makes the calls. So if I'm here, and don't look at your neighbor funny, because what happens during a week in our lives? Am I right? Well, I didn't have time this morning, God, to have devotions. I have to make this decision today, but I'll make it. Whoops. You've been there, haven't you? I've been there. You know what's a disaster for a pastor? to get in the pulpit with a message where he hasn't spent time here. It doesn't ever work. Oh, I've been there. Very rare in my life, but I've been there. You see, you don't go on your, you don't, I can't make the calls. So when I'm even working on a sermon, one of the things I've taught all the pastors here, I write these things in my mind. What does God want them to know? To do, to feel, to obey, not me. So 
get that in your mind. We'll work through that. And I think it will make, well, it, it will show you how it works. Now, I want you to turn with me quickly to a few verses. We're going to be in the book of John. John chapter 6. You see, God doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be part of our lives. He wants to direct every part of our lives. Now, how did Jesus obey this first command? To have no other gods. Well, he did it just like that. God was on the throne of the life of Jesus. John 6.38, first one. And we'll turn very quickly. Notice what Jesus said. He's our role model. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So who's making the calls? God's making the calls. Now go over to John 8.28. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. Now let me ask you a question. Who's making the calls? God is. Jesus says, I'm not on the throne. My father's on the throne. He's on the throne of my life. You see, he's on the throne of my life because I have no other gods before me. Remember, Satan said, just bow down and worship me. You know, no, 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 no. You can only worship God. Well, what is worship God not having other gods? It's all entwined with one word, obedience. Who's on the throne? Who's making the calls in your life? In my life. One more. John 4, verse 34. I won't take time to go into all the concepts of where this is at. You're familiar with it. My food, says Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me. There's his will again. And to finish his work. The board of directors, only one, God, says to Jesus, here's your work. You finish it. You don't assign it. You don't make the calls. I make the calls. So Jesus simply was showing us here that the throne in Jesus' life was filled with God. Listen to Kurt Warner. Statement in the newspaper. Everything I do, everywhere I go, I'm trying to live up to or represent Jesus. Having the faith I have is first and foremost in my life. That's right. That's it. Doesn't matter. The one making the calls? God. Now, turn with me. One more passage. Romans chapter 12. Here's what obeying the first commandment looks like in the New Testament. And you'll see how clear that is. And I'll ask you those questions as we move through it. Romans 12. Therefore... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, which would be mind, body, soul, spirit, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what does that look like? The next thing you want to write is this. Here's the goal. In every area of my life, God will be first consulted and then Obeyed. 
So what does that mean? When I have to make a decision on my personal life, my daily devotions, my family life, my business, my possessions, my thought life, my dating life, my computer, my book reading, my movies, I consult God first. I'm not making those calls. I'm not making those decisions. Now, that doesn't make us brainless. It doesn't make us idiots. It doesn't make us robots. There's plenty of decisions that we make on a common, everyday kind of thing. We start the service at 6, we end at 7.30, you know. That's the kind of thing we do. Okay, We don't need God to come and say, no, it should be 6.22 and 6. That's foolishness. We have common sense things that we do. We wear shoes, we wear do although when you teach in India, you don't teach your shoes on, whatever, you do that because that's what they do. I don't have to consult God, that's normal stuff. But in the basic decisions of life, where I'm having choices between here and there, every area of my life, every area of my thought life, I cannot be on the throne. If I am, I've disobeyed the first commandment. So God has to be there. Oswald Chambers has a great statement. Charles Stanley uses part of it. Oswald Chambers, who came before Charles, by the way, Charles Stanley's a great Bible teacher. Look what Oswald Chambers says. This is something you ought to write in your Bible somewhere because it's one of the keys, I think, to all of our life. Obey God and leave all the consequences to him. You'll hear Charles Stanley say it a million times. Well, it came from Oswald Chambers. What does it mean? Obey God and just leave all the consequences to him. What does that simply mean? It means I trust God. If I obey you, If I do the right thing, God, if I do the right thing, what's going to happen here? You leave the consequences to God. You see, if you do the right thing, God takes care of everything. Matthew 6, seek him first, everything else falls into place. So very often in counseling, we we counsel people. And they come into the office, and they're making the decisions. Divorce, living with someone, going to have an abortion, a million different things. By the way, tax time's coming. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. Who's making the calls? Well, I mean, no, I mean, who's making the calls? Well, if I do that, I don't know what's going to happen. No, no, obey God and leave all the consequences to him. See, if we do what's right, the rest doesn't matter. So in all of these counseling sessions we make, here's the problem in our offices. We can't get the people off this throne. They will not trust God. In the beginning, God. He has all the right. He makes the rules. He sets it up perfectly. And if we'll obey him, the rest of the things work. You know, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, Joseph obeyed him. Look what happened to him. Daniel obeyed him. Look what happened to him. Paul obeyed him. He got beat. He got... Yeah, but in the end, was it Okay. Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Where are those people today? In heaven. And they serve God well. Today, Pastor Mark talked about the obstacles the other countries and their gods presented to the Jews. You learn that God intended his people to be very different from the people around them. Pastor Mark shared that in the same way, Christ followers are to be different in their behavior because of who is seated on the throne of their lives. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. 
That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, No Other Gods. You'll be talking about figuring out who is making the calls in your life. You'll hear about Jesus and how he was completely obedient to what he heard from his father. You'll be reminded of the challenges of exercising faith in God, trusting that he knows what he's doing and he knows how you fit into his plan. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.